This is Deep Dive. I'm Sui. Welcome to a new episode of our special series, Road to a Bright Future, where we'll look at infrastructure projects around the world under the Belt and Road Initiative. Today, we will take you to the crossroads of Europe. The strategic location of Bosnia and Herzegovina has bestowed the country with huge potential as a regional hub, but sluggish development has been driving people away. A UN survey shows that almost half of the young people in the country are considering emigration, citing poor life quality. The country's government has rolled out ambitious infrastructure plans to boost the connectivity within the country and play a bigger role along several important European transport corridors. In this episode, CGTN reporter Xu Xinchen joins me in the program to tell us the changes taking place in the southeastern European country. This episode is brought to you on Thursday, July twentieth. So, what's your first impression arriving at Bosnia and Herzegovina? It has been a very popular tourist country, and many Europeans love to visit Bosnia and Herzegovina because it's more affordable in a relatively term, even though it sits in Europe, but still it's a upper middle income country, still developing, and the number of Chinese tourists also pick up in the past years. It's definitely a very serene, a very natural place to visit. And for me, I have been charmed away by the country. People there are very laid back, beautiful weather. But of course, that I've seen some of the challenges that the local economies have been facing. It's have been sluggish. Still, more than 5%, actually 7% GDP growth in 2022. But it's not big enough that it can actually help its people to stay or help its people to really think that the country has a very strong economy. Mm. So what slowed down its development uh, considering it sits in Europe? Uh, yes, and many people know about it. Bosnia-Herzegovina uh, has been once war torn and literally have run into buildings with the bullet holes and bomb sites. And even today, while the war, the Bosnian war, happened two decades ago. And now the country has a, an extremely complex political system. It's sluggish economy, as I mentioned, has been forcing people out. And now there are some 3 million people. But the estimates are that the number to drop in Boston and Herzegovina by half in the next 10 years, if the local situation has not been improved and people are, are still leaving the country to find better opportunities in, in nearby neighboring countries or even Europe, where some people are even going to America and Asia. So many local residents I've been speaking with have been blaming government corruption. But truly what the country is facing is really the lack of consistent policies. As I mentioned, the country has a very complex political system. The country has three presidents every election to represent three major groups, the Bosnian, Croatian, and Srpska, and they are all a rotating seat. Even locals I spoke with are confused by how long each term is and how often they elect their president. So basically, the country elects three new presidents every four years, and each president can be in acting power for eight months. And in total, during the four-year term, each of the three presidents can actually have two eight-month rotating acting power. And yet, when, they, when it comes to major decisions, they have to vote with or vote against with each other. So it's a very complex political system, and there will be the parliament, and there is the prime minister, and the United Nations has also sent a special convoy, and 
who actually have that power to actually vetto uh, all the decisions uh, when the, the local government actually make. So when we look at Bosnia and Herzegovina, it's not just the federation. Bosnia and Herzegovina uh, is a federation government. And there is also the Republic of Srpska under the, the whole country. And they basically make their own decision. And meanwhile, there are also external interference that will make the situation even more complex. So the challenges come in two ways, domestically and internationally. But as my week-long trip in Bosnia and Herzegovina, you know, what I found out, as I mentioned, is really consistency in making the policies and also carrying out and executing the policies. Hmm. So let's talk about this new highway you visited over the past week. And first, could you tell us where does the project link together? Yes, for sure. The highway is a very, very grand project in the European Union, actually, in Europe. The highway, the section that I visited, is now being constructed in a city called Chablina, bordering Croatia. And the section is, as I mentioned, is a part of the Trans-Europe motorway on its 5C corridor to link Croatia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, and Hungary. Uh, that's over 700 or so kilometers, and it's an ambitious plan by the commission by the European Union to really to boost its connectivity in East and Southern Europe. The one I visit, as I mentioned, will soon be completed, hopefully, and it will open to traffic earlier next year. But that's actually only 10 kilometers that will pass through the, the city called Chapolina, which means actually Igret, the little bird. Chinese construction firms are also now seeking to beat more sections. And the section in Chapolina connects Croatia's port of Plocha, and the motorway will further connect the, the country's capital, Saljovo, and then reach Hungary. Definitely a very grand plan. And I've been talking with the construction firms. For that, 10 kilometers will definitely improve the logistics and connectivity in the town Chapolina, but they don't know once the total of 700 kilometers will be fully connected, so that will further boost the regional connectivity. Why do people there need such a highway? Like, how are local people going to benefit from this project? Infrastructure is for sure something Boston and Skovina has been working very hard to improve. I've also spoke with the Minister of Transportation and Communications in Boston and Herzegovina and in Porto, and he said Boston is relatively small. While they cannot afford a grand infrastructure, but they do hope that there will be infrastructure plans that it can help boost tourism and attract more foreign investments so that the local situation can get better. So very interesting observation uh, that I have uh, in Bosnia and Herzegovina is, is that that country has been very mysterious to China. Meanwhile, China has also been very mysterious to them too. And uh, the minister uh, at Porto visited China back in 2019, and he has been vowed by the tall skyscrapers and the fast trains. And he visited Ningbo and Dalian and many other cities. And he was back then the governor of Sanjiavu. And when he came back from China, uh, he started to initiate plans to actually boost infrastructure plans in Sanjiavu, for example, to refurbish as, uh, the tram system. So they do think that through infrastructure, they can make the city more presentable to the world. But again, as the minister has also mentioned to me, is that uh, because Bosnia and Herzegovina is relatively small, and of course the economy is not as strong as a lot of other European countries, they cannot afford grand, super grand infrastructure plans like, uh, for example, in China, there are 
you know, the high-speed rails and that can you know, link the country almost all corners and and places. The, the road transportation is something the local people need as well. For example, winemaking in Bosnia and Herzegovina, especially the part that I visited around Chapulina, is a very big thing. And a better road transport and for sure to help more wine to reach the global market. So people in Bosnia and Herzegovina, they drive every day. I've learned that the data is about for each household, they're going to about two cars, so people will drive. But roads in the country have been built years back, and the country doesn't really have a very strong expressway system. So way they new motorway with the potential to further link with other European countries and people can for sure save on time while travel. So let's talk about uh, the general picture in the Balkans. You also mentioned uh, the highway links Croatia and other cities. And how much improvement in regional connectivity uh, can the road offer? If a look at Boston and Herzegovina alone is so right now, when when people really want to visit the country, they either fly into the country or they can drive. Bosnia and Herzegovina now has only 200 kilometers of usable highways, and through that new Trans Europe motorway, uh, they're going to have over 300 kilometers of expressway in the country from north to south. And it, the highway is also on a corridor called the 5C corridor, which will further boost East and Southern European's economy and to really connect with uh, that part of the world. As I mentioned, especially the part that I visited, it will directly connect the Croatia's port of Plocha. If we look at Bosnia and Herzegovina, the history of many, many places there can be traced back even 2,000 years ago. In the Romans' time or in the Ottoman Empire, People actually use that this part of the world as a logistic hub. There have been castles built to actually help distribute build or, or uh, traders to rest along the way. So there has been a route or a historical background in this part of the, the world that uh, road transport has been very important. And if once the Trans-Europe motorway can be open to traffic, the Balkan regions will definitely kind of pick up its uh, like old glory where traders or logistics, things will happen right here. Uh, you also mentioned there are Chinese contractors involved in the project. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, those Chinese contractors and their assignment. Actually, so if we look at the road construction part, so the Bosnia and Herzegovina has been uh, one of the earliest countries to sign the memorandum with China in terms of the Belt and Road Initiative. Mm -hmm. So it's been 10 years. And what I found out is actually 10 years ago, there was almost no single project in Bosnia and Herzegovina implemented by a Chinese company. But now, that you know, depending on the past 10 years under the framework of BRI, and now the major BRI projects, apart from the road construction, because the road construction, the Trans-Europe motorway is really commissioned by the European Union. So there are other BRI projects that mainly focus in the fields of transportation and energy. For example, the Dunbar hydroelectric power plant. I've heard it's the biggest hydroelectric power plant under construction by Chinese enterprises in Central and Eastern Europe. There is the Job Hospital and the Evolving Wind Farm. And uh, actually, I've saw this picture book where children in Evolve find inspiration from that wind farm. And uh, they are going to draw the wind farm as a tree. They're going to draw the wind farm as a new road to sustainability. So even pets there are, are actually proceeding all these new constructions. 
And again, for the local government, they are really trying to boost economy while they are thinking about ways for sustainability. A green drive is one of the key areas for the country to work, really work with the Chinese firms apart from you know building roads or bridges or tunnels. From I saw in Bosnian movies, the terrain of the country is quite rocky, mountainous. So, what are the difficulties engineers are facing? Actually, I've been speaking to local engineers as well, both Chinese or were those from Bosnia and Herzegovina. I think it's a mountainous region, but if we compare with like China's Chongqing or mm. or even Hong Kong, it's not as bad. Mm. But the problem is, it's about a city such a old history, and there will be a lot of Older railways just and that need to be considered when planning new roads. For example, the section that I was visiting in Chapulina. So the high, the motorway is at the, at the middle of the mountains, and underneath they have this railroad. And the road track will have like two passenger trains and multiple freight trains every day. So while they were building the motorway, they need to blast off section of the the mountains in order to really pave the the motorway. The, the construction team from China really helps to you know consult with the local community and to talk with the rail operator to really find a safe plan you know when to you know just stop the train service and they need to put up fences in order to really when they blast off the mountains there might be rocks falling off they need to protection so that's one of the tricky part and, and again as i mentioned the biggest challenges i've been talking to like ministers and and local people who is how fewer talented or skilled workers people can find in Bosnia and Herzegovina nowadays. And while they were, we were flying to Bosnia and Herzegovina, we got our Connect flight in Istanbul, uh, that we met a lot of people are going back to Bosnia and Herzegovina for vacations because they were working elsewhere and they are construction workers, skilled workers. The local talents continue to go to other places, as I mentioned, the number 3 million people right now in Upper Mai dropped to 170. Uh, half of, half 1.7 million in the next 10 years. They won't just won't be enough manpower to build grand roads or bridges or tunnels. And for the construction firms there, they are also voicing out it's really hard for them to find reliable and good skilled workers. And it's not about the terrain. It's really about the skill sets. The country just need a, a little bit more talent. And again, for the Chinese construction firms, when they are having this, initiating this infrastructure plans, somebody creates more jobs and it starts to be more attractive for some of the local people. As I mentioned about those BRI projects, the wind farms or the hydro stations, at least for for now, some of these projects, so these construction plans have been helping to retain some of the workers. Mm-hmm. But again, in the long run, it's a country, it's the country but only 3 million people. And the size of Bosnia and Herzegovina is not small, to be honest. It's, 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 it's definitely uh, on par with a Chinese province, 3 million, just like a regular city's population, mm. if we're looking at Chinese cities. And I understand you also interview uh, the Chinese ambassador to the country. Uh, what does the ambassador say about China's partnership with Bosnia and Herzegovina? So I think the, the ambassador is very key and a very confident of closer tie and strengthening cooperation and collaboration between China and Bosnia and Herzegovina. It means telling me that a globalization has been about the integration of worldviews, products, ideas, and culture. And he definitely stressed on the cultural side. And speaking of cultural relations, um, if we look at like movies like Walter Defense Salvajovo, mm. and we'll look at uh, Ballad Child, the music, 
there have been in, in really the culture from this part of the world has been penetrated the Chinese market many many years back and uh, movies have been popular music has been popular and there, as I mentioned at the beginning like there are more tourists coming to Sarajevo to explore Bosnia and Herzegovina and the tourist number has jumped from 10,000 to 100,000 in the past three decades or so and in order to attract more tourists to come, actually, the Sarajevo government even built a voucher defense Sarajevo museum so that to attract more Chinese visitors. I've been finding like Chinese sign in more public tourist spots across Bosnia and Herzegovina, and local peoples are very friendly with Asian faces, and they would assume we are from China. And because of the visa exemption between the two countries, and definitely the Asia strengthening cultural ties between the two, the local people are still struggling with the complex political system and they're not really eyeing for huge, huge economic development. And they're now trying to really maintain a good relationship, for example, with China and with the European Union so that they can survive. Local politicians have been talking with me and they, what they're hoping is that somewhat in Bosnia and Herzegovina with its geography, uh, geographical location, somewhat to help serve Asian countries, including China, to reach European markets. Because as I mentioned once, the Trans-Europe motorway opens traffic in the interlinks East and the Southern Europe. So there's a huge potential. But for now, locals are really eyeing for tourism and cultural exchanges. The ambassador from China to Bosnia and Herzegovina focus area on that. As one of the first European countries to embrace the Belt and Road Initiative, Bosnia and Herzegovina has benefited from improvements in many sections of its infrastructure. With a capacity of 84 megawatts of clean energy, the Ibovic wind farm was awarded the best foreign investment project in 2022. Last month, China Guizhou Group inaugurated the construction of a 240 million euro hydro station in the southernmost city of Trebinje. Upon its completion in four years, the Darbo hydropower plant will generate 160 megawatts of clean energy for the local people, boosting economic development and green transformation in the region. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. If you like what you just heard, don't forget to follow us on your podcast platform. Just search for Deep Dive. You can also leave comments to tell us what you want to know about China and beyond. This episode is brought to you by me, Sui, and my colleagues Li Yunqi, Fei Fei, and Zhang Zhang. Special thanks to CGTN reporter Xu Xinchen. I will see you in the next one.